to another week of Sports Talk with the Views from the 573 Podcast. This week's show is, of course, sponsored by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. You'll hear more about them later on in this week's show. You can find us on our other channel, Entertainment, from the 573, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you guys get your podcasts. You can also go check out our YouTube channel, Podcast from the 573, where you can listen to the YouTube version of the show. I think last week's version of the show is up there, so if you want to take a listen to that, go on right ahead. And, yeah, be sure to go to subscribe to whichever platform is your preference. It really doesn't matter. So be sure to do, go do all that. Again, I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan McDaniel. Joining alongside by me today is my fellow co-host, Peter Lewis. Peter, how are you doing today? Uh, really good. This is my fun show of the year because I can talk about Big Ten football. So, And there's no Matt to ruin it, so it's even better. <laughs> yeah no well the bad thing is he can make fun of make fun of penn state that would be fun oh i do it enough don't worry we don't need him for that <laughs> well i'm just saying he could add on i mean uh, matt makes fun of college football regardless and may, maybe he can add on a little bit of that well except herm of course we always oh, yeah. have to put that as the uh disclaimer yeah it, Besides Herm Edwards, Matt, and SEMO football, I guess, for whatever reason. But, yeah, I think Pac-12 is August 14th, so that's probably when we'll get Matt to talk more about college football, which he can't stay away from Herm Edwards. He can't. So, this week's show, uh, I will make a mention one side note here. We are recording this on Tuesday night, uh, so it's a little bit weird for us to record at nighttime. We usually record around 10 a.m. on Wednesdays for views, and it it feels really weird, but... It, yeah, the, I guess we should say moving forward, the pods are kind of in scheduling conflicts now with, you know, all our careers kind of changing. Yeah. So we might, stuff might start moving. We'll definitely try to keep views a weekly thing as much yeah. as we can, but it might not be always on Wednesday. We might have weeks where, hey, here's a Monday views. <laughs> yeah, so... And who knows? Maybe maybe we can get to where like maybe doing it on a Monday or Tuesday night and scheduling their quarter. Maybe on like regular Wednesdays, you know, kind of kind of keep the flow going. Uh, we're like we, we might not we might not be recording on a Wednesday, but maybe trying to put it out on Wednesday. But if it comes to that, uh, you, you guys will be the first to know for sure. So all right, let's get on into this week's topics. This week's topics. So. We're continuing rolling on in our football previews. We got the Big Ten, as Peter mentioned earlier. We're also talking about in the NFL, the AFC South. We'll be talking about that. Also, and speaking of NFL, we'll talk a little bit more about the Tyreek Hill situation up at the top, and we'll also discuss the U.S. and we'll discuss the Open Championship. And briefly at the end here, I I guess uh, we didn't mention all this pre-show, but. Uh, we'll talk about the Pacquiao fight between him and Thurman, and that'll kind of be the closer for this week's show. But as I mentioned, let's start off with the Tyreek Hill news off the top. So if you guys don't, if you guys don't know, Tyreek Hill, it, there's this, been this conflict between him and the NFL about this recording. I believe it's like whether he abused his kid or not, and there's recordings out here, out there of him saying he did or didn't, and so apparently the. There's one bit of audio that kind of makes it sound like he did, but there's another set of audio that if you extend a little bit longer, it makes it sound like he he's in denial of this, like he did not do this at all. And it came down, I can't remember what day it was. It, it, it was this weekend, 
I uh, Friday, Friday actually. So to start off the weekend, yeah, and we get the news that Tyree Kill, who's still with the Chiefs. I don't know if anybody still knew if he was with the Chiefs or not. I was a little bit unsure of it myself. He was suspended from all team activities when I think the NFL started their investigation. That was toward the end of last season. Okay, that makes sense. So Tyreek Hill is no longer suspended. He can participate in the Chiefs activities. And that was a real big question mark for the Chiefs is whether they were going to have Tyreek Hill. Uh, I know we'll get a little bit more onto that when we talk about the AFC West in a few weeks. But I guess let's just talk about the situation in general. Like, well, what, what are the ramifications of this, of, of Tyree Kill not being suspended and uh, this situation? Well, Peter, what, what's your take on this? Well, off the bat, I mean, it's just another, you know, how can the NFL do this again? Like, I mean, between AP, Zeke, and all these other incidents, you know, it's like, how can they drag this on for so long, make it look like something's going to happen, and the next thing you know, something wildly different does happens. So, I guess, you know, kind of going to the audio, especially how it's, you know, been described. I mean, you could maybe argue he's admitting to it, or he's being let on, because they were, him and his girlfriend were in an argument. I think that was the big thing. Uh, his girlfriend, let me get the, her name again, uh, Crystal Espinel, she, uh, deny all the requests to talk with the uh, league investigators. So I think that was a big part of why uh, Tyreek was able to come back because they couldn't get her side of the story. Uh, but outside of that, it's just like another weird and kind of uncomfortable issue for a league that's supposed to just put on, you know, mindless entertainment. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, you know, deal with. I, I guess, you know, from the football stand. Yeah, it's kind of weird to. I don't know how to say this. I'll just let. I'm gonna think about it for a second. I'll let you uh, go real quick. Yeah, it is a very weird situation, and it is one of these situations that you kind of scratch your head at and wonder, like, what's going on? Who's telling the truth? Is Tyreek telling the truth? Is the NFL right in doing this? Was there enough evidence to kind of confirm or deny whether he did in fact do this? Uh, it's just a murky situation and. It feels like all these NFL situations that we hear about, like with Zeke uh, and with Tyreek, and how recently, like some of these situations are just murky at best, and you don't really get the know the full truth of it. Is uh, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and the weird thing is, again, they said we didn't have the evidence to suspend him. However, if new stuff comes about, we'll definitely do it. Which is basically harking back, you know. The Kareem Hunt situation, I guess, is yeah. a, maybe a thing to look at how they had the video footage and they didn't really care to do anything until... I guess it's not the perfect you know, example because we're here, they don't have the evidence, but again, who knows with the NFL, they could be lying. TMZ will leak it and next thing you know, they have to be like, well, I guess he's suspended. And that, that's kind of like I want to get at. I just... Can we really trust the NFL in these situations anymore? I think it's because, very tough to. Because they, they say they don't have the evidence, but the Kareem Hunt situation kind of showed that they could get their hands on it, but they have to wait for TMZ to, you know, pay someone off to put it out there. And that's a, str- that's a struggle of me trusting the NFL with this type of stuff. My cynicism says that the Chiefs were loved last year and the Patrick Mahomes, you know, air raid was super fun. 
Why yeah. take away one of his weapons? Let's just maybe if there is again, not gonna accuse the NFL of this, but let's just say if there is footage of this and no one knows about it, can we just hide it? Let him go out there and put on a good show, because again, at the end of the day, the NFL needs to make money off the entertainment of the product. Is yeah. that their game? Is that what they're trying to do here? And it sucks to have to think about that, but again, I think the trust between the public and them has been so damaged that you kind of have to think there's a possibility of that. Yeah, you, you have to think so, and... It, again, murky situation, not just for Tyreek, but for the NFL as well. That they're seeing how they handle situations like this is just it's sometimes hard to watch, to be honest. Yeah. I, I guess all we can say, I mean, from the actual football standpoint, this is the best news for the Chiefs. They of course took him back immediately. Yep. Andy Reid said he's been welcomed back and he trusts him. Again, what do the Chiefs know? Do they have any knowledge of possible footage or more audio because the one we got released so far, again, it's 50-50. You can argue, oh, of course he's admitting to it. He's in an angry state, but you could also say, because I didn't think about this before, but people kind of made that point of, well, his uh, girlfriend or fiance could be leading him on to, you know, say that. Because there were those points where it sounded like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get me on that. Yeah. So it's just such a, and that's the thing. We just have the audio of that incident. We don't have the lead up to it. We don't have what happens be after it. Yeah. Because I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the AP stuff. Did we have video or audio, or was it just the police investigation? When I I know know. it's been been like five years, so I want to say we had either the audio or the video. Okay. Because I don't know if we had a police report on it. But I think we maybe had one of the two, of audio or video. And, yeah, it's just a crazy situation. So, I guess if you're the Chiefs, you're happy this went your way. But uh, for the NFL, it might be uh, another loss that they're going to take about what they do with these types of cases and how they handle uh, these cases going forward. Uh, Just, yeah. I just looked it up. Peterson was indicted on child abuse charges toward the beginning of the season. And then, of course, the whole thing started. Okay. And he All accepted right. a uh, plea deal in early November that year. So, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, we can spit on the NFL all we want. We should also remember, I guess, to ask ourselves, why are NFL players still in these situations? Like, That's what's true. leading a bunch of, you know, people who are given every advantage. Like you, you are being given millions of dollars that can pretty much help you for the rest of your life. And you're still in these situations. Now, again, I know that's a whole another mess of, you know, political upheaval, social stuff, yada, yada. But I mean, with all that's going on, it's kind of surprising to see people still get in these situations. It is. Is it just going to be, is it just going to be a constant? We just have to unfortunately deal with it, or is there something we can actually do? It is. Or the and NFL can do. I mean, and players know the rules. Mm-hmm. They know them. At least they should know them. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of we had the Ray Rice situation, and the NFL started uh, bringing in those people to you know head the domestic violence uh, kind of program of the NFL to prevent it. The yeah. NFL kept shooting down their, you know, suggestions, which led to the whole team just saying, yeah, let's get out of here. So it's like the NFL knows they have a problem, and they bring the people in to try to deal with it. 
and their IDs are usually probably something you can look into, but the NFL just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it's a thing that it's unfortunately going to keep coming up. Yeah, so again, uh, Tyreek Hill will start. Uh, I guess, yeah, again, from a football standpoint, that changes the Chiefs game. From your fantasy standpoint, that's going to be something to consider. Yeah. But again, as usual, the NFL says, well, we reserve the right to change our mind here. There's no, uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, double jeopardy does exist in the NFL. You can be charged twice, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving on from that subject, we're going we're gonna to go to college, the world of college football here real quick. Well, we're going to be talking about Peter's favorite conference, the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Why is it Peter's favorite conference? Well, it's got a little team in there called Penn State. I don't know. If Peter has, has Penn State had any uh, good players come out recently? Well, we had a certain player called uh, Saquon Barkley. I don't know if you heard of him. A lot of people are going to take him, probably pick one in their drafts. I don't know why. Kind of seems weird, but, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, and it seems like his bag is going to be broken because of all the burden of the Giants he has to carry. <laughs> That are physically broken because that Giants offensive line is pure trash. Uh, I, I don't care what they did to solve that with Solder. I, I don't care. That, that, oh, yeah. that That's not going to work. Between Eli's game management and the Giants, uh, uh, just everything. Yeah, just no. But we'll, we'll save that for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about Penn State along with a few other teams. And Peter, I think we should start off with the main headline here with the Big Ten is, of course, Urban Meyer is no longer at Ohio State. The man is retired, at least for now, until he takes a job at USC in a couple years. But By that, you mean next year. <laughs> yeah, basically. We'll, we'll be talking about him in our Pac-12 preview next year, about how is he going to handle USC, <laughs> and about his battle between Herm Edwards, which we all know who's going to win that one. It's, oh, not, yeah. Ur- it's not Urban. It's going to be Herm. But... That's a big storyline here in the Big Ten. Urban Meyer's no longer there. Ryan Day, the former offensive coordinator, he's now the head man at Ohio State. And it's a very I, – I don't know whether we should – I think we should start with Ohio State since mentioned them up at the top here. Ohio State, the Big Ten East, again, no Urban Meyer there. And Ryan Day, you got an interesting situation there. You – You've lost a few quarterbacks of transfers, but you pick up a transfer of your own in Georgia transfer and a blue chipper as well in Justin Fields, who a lot of people have high praise for as far as what he did in high school and coming out of high school. He's got, he's got immediate eligibility there at Ohio State, so we'll immediately see how he does there. And they've lost a few players on offense. They've lost a few players on defense. They, they've lost four out of five offensive line starters. Okay, uh, we're back. For the magic of editing, we can make this seamless, but uh, I guess the mention of Urban Meyer just angered the Lord above, and he just stopped the pod, uh, or the, at least the phone call, in its tracks. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's tread lightly here. <laughs> I, I guess we shouldn't. I guess we shouldn't mention he who must not be named. Didn't know Big G was an a uh, UM fan. <laughs> I, he's a big Jim Harbaugh fan, Peter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think we left off talking about the uh, the offense situation at Ohio State. Yeah, off- Yeah, the offense. You, you, Justin Fields mentioned mentioned him again. The offense line. You, 
You, four or five starters are gone. You're going to have to deal in with uh, left tackle there. Munford's only the only returnee. You got career backups, blue chippers. You also got a Rutgers transfer. Uh, transfer. I don't blame him from transferring from Rutgers at all. Uh, <laughs> Jonah Jackson. So you're going to deal with that. But you do, you do have an offensive guy in Ryan Day to kind of help handle that. You bring back J.K. Dobbins, one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of these guys, running backs as being the best in the country because they're the 2020 running back class for the NFL. If you need a running back next year, you're going to have the pick of the litter. I mean, I swear, come uh, toward the beginning of the college season when we're you know picking our division winners, bowl games, and Heisman winners. The highest one's going to be hard because there's a lot of guys who can just put up a lot of numbers this year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I just want to say, I think it's good that Ryan is an offensive guy because they only returned four starters. The defense returns nine, and that was a solid defense. Of course, they're losing uh, Nick Bosa, the winner of the uh, Quitter Award last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just I'm thinking back to that and to the arguments that you and Matt had about. <laughs> it's not as fun of a joke when Matt's not here to get angry at. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll say you don't show if you don't show. I'm gonna say it. I don't care. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I'm the villain of the pod. <laughs> you know what this is? I'm the uh, Jerry Lawler to your Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to keep it on track and i'm just like yeah <laughs> let me do something crazy here for a second <laughs> oh but yeah so oh, ohio state they're gonna as always they're gonna be fine they recruit they recruit well they got a bunch of five four and three stars coming on yada yada where have we heard this before yeah i think the factor is what are the growing pains for mr ryan day because, again, he coached the first three games last year, but, again, they were facing Oregon State, Rutgers, not really inspiring teams. No, no offense, guys. And then TCU, who we had an idea was going to be good, and then, uh, well, turns out, nope. It turned out like your Miami pick. That was terrible. <laughs> and I didn't even pick TCU to do much last year, and they were still just got made me look bad. But, yeah, it's going to be... Inch, it's going to be weird. And again, we'll, we'll have to talk about the certain team next, the other uh, UM in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. Or I guess the actual the UM that's still there. But, you know, schedule-wise, it's fairly easy. Their first three are Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, my, uh, Indiana, and then uh, Miami, Ohio to uh, fill out their uh, non-conference games. So, I mean, that's pretty winnable right there. Yeah. Michigan State, they'll probably what they do to the what they do to the Sparty last year. Oh, 26 to six. Yeah, they'll probably beat them like that again. Well, we'll talk about Michigan State here a little bit later. I, I don't know. They could be a, a sleeper in this uh in this division in the Big Ten. There's East. gonna be Big Ten West. That's where all the sleepers are gonna be. It's gonna be a wild shootout over there in uh Big Westland. Oh man, yeah it is. But uh, yeah, I, I guess. It's kind of hard to really, you know, go into Ohio State in depth because we know what's going to happen. The only interesting thing this year is what are the growing pains for Ryan Day? Yes. Because at worst, this is a 10-win team. Yeah. And, and then that's probably being a little harsh because their worst season the last five years was 11-2 in 2016. So, <laughs> But yeah, Ohio State, I mean, they're looking like they can be a top team again. And the big question is, see how Ryan Day 
is able to beat a head coach. Now, we've seen first-time head coaches have success in college football, primarily as of recent, Lincoln Riley. We're talking about the Big 12 next week, so we'll mm-hmm. talk about him. But you're hoping, if you're Ohio State, with that as much as you like him on the offensive side of the ball, there's a reason you hired him as your offensive coordinator and a reason you hired him as your head coach. You're hoping he can have that same kind of impact. And just the amount of people he has to work with. I mean, you know, Austin Mack, uh, wide receiver, uh, Benjamin Victor. I mean, he's just going to have so much to deal with. I think Justin Fields, yeah, I mean, unproven, kind of like his coach. But with all the things around him, J.K. Dobbins can take a uh, a push. Yeah, Dobbins is yeah. elite. Yeah, it's not like they're, you're a first-time coach coming into, you know, Illinois, where you get, like, three – you have, like, three <laughs> – uh, announced recruits so far. <laughs> we'll get to Illinois. They're a fun <laughs> expletive show. It's the same as Lovey Rutgers. S- Lovey Smith at Big Ten Media Day was an absolute tr- beautiful man. <laughs> uh, That's a man who will flat out tell you, yeah, my team sucks. Uh, he just needs to go jo- join Hearn Peter. <laughs> and he needs to go join him and, uh, oh, wait, Marvin Marvin Lewis. And then Rex Ryan. No, oh, man. <laughs> Can we get college football hard knocks with that? I don't even care about the team. Just focus on the coaches. <laughs> See, I think we're at the point where we, we pretty much can't really say more about Ohio State. <laughs> now let's go to the very interesting one of the Big Ten East, Michigan. Yeah, and so... I don't I don't want to say this is hot seat for Jim Harbaugh, but it, it feels like a hot seat for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I mean, he was 0-4 he was against Urban Meyer. Three of those losses were... By double digits. And so that's not a good look. And especially when you're going to have one of those games at home, or one or two of them. They ha- Michigan has not beat Ohio State since 2011. And that was when Ohio State had all the penalties against them where they, you know, went like six and s- six and uh, six and six. Yeah, something like that. Oh, man. And I thought that streak, I, mean, I thought Tennessee and Florida streak was bad. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's still- <laughs> oh, wait. It is. It's worse. <laughs> Even when Ohio State has a bad season, they're immediately back undefeated, I know. but not getting into a bowl game. I know. Oh, we lost to Michigan. Oh, wait, we're playing in the Big Ten title game next week. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Michigan, I, I know we kind of talked about whether Harbaugh was on the hot seat to talk, talk about him last year, about whether, oh, I forget who Michigan played in that opening game. Oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yep. And we talked about whether it can mean Brian Kelly or Jim Harbaugh could be on the hot seat, whether it could be a sign. <laughs> I definitely think if Jim Harbaugh doesn't win against Ohio State, there's going to be some rowdy Michigan fans. They're going to be like, all right, now you've done good. you brought us some recruits. You've got us to a point where we're consistently winning and be, being a mm-hmm. nine-win team. But you still got to beat the big team. Yeah, looking at their schedule, again, easy start, Middle Tennessee, Army, West Point, which could be a fun – potential upset by doubt it and then they have a bye we can go to wisconsin so now the big thing is october 26th they have notre dame at home the week before though they're at penn state which i think is the whiteout game i'm pretty sure oh man and those and these two teams i think the, the whole thing is they're going to try to put up as many points on the other as possible i think that's where the rivalries come to <laughs> so yeah it's uh <laughs> that could be harsh uh I should really say, going back to Ohio State real quick, their final game is going to be in Ann Arbor. The schedule makers were not kind to them because the week before they have Penn State at home. 
Oh man. And no matter and no matter what Penn State does this year, they're gonna play Ohio State as hard as they can. And the week before uh the Michigan Ohio State game from Michigan, they're at Indiana. Yeah. Like the schedule make the schedule makers gave them a gimme. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Yeah. But yeah, Michigan and so they bring in Josh Gaddis, who is new offensive coordinator. They brought him in from Alabama. And you got Shea Patterson back, the former Ole Miss quarterback, transferred in, had a decent year last year, uh, had a very good touchdown interception ratio. You bring back Donovan Peoples Jones, you hope guys like Nico Collins and Tarek Black can help produce out wide. You do lose your two star running backs in Higdon and Chris Evans. Uh, not Captain America, Chris Evans, but an- another <laughs> one. But you, you got a true walk on and true Wilson that's going to get carries back there. The defense, I think you pretty much know what you're going to get. Don Brown, very good defensive coordinator. You do lose a couple studs back there and Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich. You know, the funny thing, it's actually kind of a polar opposite where Ohio State is. Uh, Michigan returns eight on offense and only five on defense compared to, you know, the Ohio State four on offense, nine on defense. So I don't know. It's pretty much going to be another Ohio State versus Michigan offense-defense game next year. And, uh, well... We saw how that turned out last year. <laughs> yeah, it didn't turn out so well. Yeah, so Michigan definitely has a lot there. I think they're the favorite by proxy because Jim Harbaugh has been there for a, a while. And he has a lot to work with. Shea Patterson, I I mean, numbers-wise, they were fine. I kind of expect more than 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. But again, you know, you had the rushing game with uh, Higdon, Evans, and all them to bail you out. So, yeah. And pretty much he was probably on the defense to know that they're not going to let them score that much, so not much pressure on you to put up crazy numbers. But it is a thing to think about. Yeah, it is a thing to think about. Uh, speaking of a thing to think about, Peter, it's that time. It's time to talk mm-hmm. about Penn State. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Peter, is Penn State an elite team? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. Ever since the 70s and 80s and even to – I think the 1999 season showed that Penn State is no longer that, you know, perennial Oklahoma, Alabama. Uh, what are some other teams that are always in the Notre Dame, the Texas, all of them. That kind of showed that the Big Ten did not help them. Yeah. And I think, but again, Penn State's now in the position where they have to be the underdog. If they go into the season with the expectations, they're not going to live up to it at all. You kind of need that, you know, post-2005 season where, you know, they came back from the dead and everyone was saying, fire Joe. <laughs> and then you were like, well, when will they get good again? Wasn't 06, wasn't 07. It was 08, but, you know, there was a last-second field goal in Iowa, which ruined my life. <laughs> and they had to go to the freaking Rose Bowl and get destroyed by USC. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, me talking about Penn State is just me getting angry. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, again... Losing McSorley is huge. There's no two ends about that. These receivers can't catch. <laughs> Miles Sanders was terrible, but for some reason the Eagles took him second round. Like, I get it, your situation's back, but you got Jordan Howard. Why do you need Miles Sanders? <laughs> I mean, that's just a flex right there. Like, yeah, we don't need anybody. We're going to take this <laughs> from Penn State. Hope to God he can be Saquon. <laughs> Although I will say, I do like Ricky Slade, the guy who's definitely going to take the... Uh, bulk of everything i liked his pizzazz compared to what uh sanders did i mean for god's sakes 
Trace McSorley had more rushing touchdowns than Miles Sanders last year. <laughs> That's not good. Stupid. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess ranting aside and getting back on track here. Yeah, they're worst case seven wins, best case maybe nine. Well, yeah, the big thing is to see what's going to happen at quarterback. Sean Clifford, he's going to be the guy now. Yeah, I I, I should probably touch on him because last year, James Franklin used him in some of the worst possible ways. Because, <laughs> you know, you know Trace McSorley, he's not going to be there next year. So you got to, you know, give him some uh, stuff to work with, of course. And he just put him in like, some of the dumbest situations. Like, here, try a trick play against Ohio State. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Do you want him to transfer? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's going to be some growing pains for him. They do open all at home, Idaho, Buffalo, and Pitt. And you know how I feel about Pitt from uh, last week. I don't think it's <laughs> – I'm not going to go for the upset pick like last year. like an idiot. <laughs> but, yeah, after that, then it's going to get ugly. You have a bye week, and then you go at Maryland, who also comes off a bye. And Maryland's going to be out for blood. We'll get to them. I uh... – Maryland could be a surprise. Yeah, you got Purdue. You got at, you got to go at Iowa, which <laughs> there's the potential loss of them all. <laughs> then you have Michigan at home, might have forty put up on you again. At Michigan State, all who's coming off a bye week. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're at Minnesota. You're Indiana, Ohio State on the road, and then you finish with Rutgers. So. Yeah, it doesn't inspire confidence. They're dead even on returners, six on both sides of the ball. Defense, though, I mean, it was good last year. Yeah. You just, again, the worst thing about the Penn State defense is they'll play you tough for three quarters and then come the fourth quarter, well, they'll just let you go 75 yards in a minute. No, man. It's what happened in both Ohio State games in 2017-2018. I was just trying not to, you know, (laughs) just... (laughs) <laughs> just end my life at that point because <laughs> it was just this it was so 95 yards you had them at their own 10 and within 90 seconds they score a touchdown and then you can't even convert and they get the ball oh my yeah it's gonna be a rough year for your uh your boy peter <laughs> well peter i don't know why you're complaining so much i'm a tennessee fan <laughs> Fair enough. I, I would love to have, have had the type of success you guys have had. Well, listen, you got rid of your Butch Jones. Ah, oh, yeah, thank goodness. Our quote-unquote Butch Jones, I don't even know what to expect from James Franklin at this point anymore. Well, well, it's it's going to be a lot of trickery and fun, but is it the trickery and fun you want to do? It's all about resiliency, Peter, as Butch Jones Call- would say. Call a fake punt to start your bowl game against Kentucky that fails and gets them fired up. Great call, James. Great call. <laughs> but, but yeah, Peter, I, I, I say this. Uh, as Butch Jones said, you got to have resiliency if you're James Franklin. Just take him that. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of crazy things he can do this year. So, well, Peter, hold on. I just figured out why SEMO was so bad for a few years. The slogan was brick by brick. That was Butch Jones' slogan to start off. There it is. There it is. Uh, there we go. There we go, guys. They figure out the key to Simo's uh, unsuccessful uh, last few years besides last year. We figure out the key to that. I love how whenever we talk about our favorite teams, I just rant about Penn State, 
And when you talk about Tennessee in a few weeks, it's going to be a very in-depth, like, okay, the quarterback, if, you know, we get him here, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, no, Peter, I'll say this. As long as he doesn't get hit 50,000 times a game, well, we should be good. <laughs> that, that was the key last year, and it, it did not end up well. You know what? Let me, uh, let me get some positives for good old Penn State. Let's not bury them too much. Yeah, they do got some exciting players. You got Micah Parsons out there on defense, stud defender, Slade, like him. You guys got some blue chippers, and I will say Franklin has done a good job recruiting. That's that's the big thing I wanted to bring up because uh, a lot of the people that are coming in were recruited when you know you had the crazy good 2016 2017 season. You know, all those kids who were like, oh man, maybe Penn State's going to be for real now. Well, uh, JK, uh, not really, but hey, there's pieces there. <laughs> yeah. The the thing, of course, for me is going to be, does Franklin kind of control himself? He can be fun every now and then. I mean, you just got to make it work. Like if Sean Payton's, you know, punt to begin the second half of that Super Bowl failed miserably, we would call him the biggest <laughs> in the history of <laughs> But it works, so he's a genius. And, you know, it's, it, sure, it's unfair, but that's kind of where it is. If you're not going to be conventional here, you got to make it work. Otherwise, we're going to say you're an idiot. Yeah. There's a lot to work with, and as much as I rib on him, I still think he's the best thing to have at Penn State, especially in the Big Ten where you kind of have to be a little interesting to get past Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. So there's going to be things there. Defensively, I think they'll be fine. It's just, of course, the big games, uh, especially to a certain Ohio State. Yeah. Don't give up 75 yards in a minute. <laughs> oh man, Hey, that, that's Butch Jones' uh, specialty right there. <laughs> if that happens for a third year in a row where Penn State's winning come the fourth quarter and they just blow it in the final five minutes. Now, Peter, you said <laughs> James Franklin would be the best thing for Penn State. I, I want to second that. Herm Edwards would be. That means... Ma- oh, then that would have to cheer for this nightmare. <laughs> exactly. That's why. That's why I brought it up. You have to cheer for that nightmare to happen. Oh, man. You guys have Marvin Lewis, too. Oh. <laughs> Just bringing all the NFL reject head coaches. At the uh, institution that's produced a lot of NFL town over the years. Perfect. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Moving on to Penn State. Let's talk about Michigan State real quick here. They were kind of an interesting thing. Offense really didn't expect a whole lot from them. But the defense, though, was another story. Their defense is really good. They they let the other team score 13 points or fewer. and uh, Well, now, actually, they scored 13 points or fewer in five or six losses. Uh-huh. And so that the offense needs to get uh, up to par with the defense. The defense, I think, is going to be fine. D'Antonio, that's his specialty. He knows what to do on that side. This whole team is practically returning from last year. Nine on offense and eight on defense. I mean... It's almost like no one left. It really is. You got some key players back on offense. You got Ryan Lewerke coming back. You got Hayward, Jefferson coming back. And on defense, you bring back Raquan Williams. You bring back David Dow, Josiah Scott. So you bring back some pieces there. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State, they could, be, they could be a sleeper team too. Yeah, they. it's been a weird last five years for Michigan State because you know he had 14-15 where they were in contention to you know make the playoffs yeah 16 though they fell down hard with a three and nine but they came back for a 10 and three out of nowhere and then of course last year kind of went down a bit but they showed a lot of resilience and I think that's what's going to help them because they 
Yeah, their scores were very close the more you look at I mean, Ohio State, sure, you only put up six points, but you only let them score 26 on you. Northwestern gave them 45 in the Big Ten Championship yeah. when all the eyes are on. Like, no one was looking at that Ohio State game like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, important. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there is there's a lot of good things to expect from this uh, Michigan State team. And guess what? They got Arizona State at home this time. Oh, man. Well, Peter, we know who we're going to pick for that game. Oh, yeah. Mark, take Mark, take this one for the team. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. You're not going to win this one. You're... But outside of that, I mean, they have Ohio State and Michigan on the road, so that's going to be hard. They get Penn State at home in between bye weeks. Ugh. I don't know how this happened, but they have the, a bye week before Penn State and a bye week after Penn State. So, <laughs> yeah, if, if – I'm just going to say it now. Uh, we had Jason a couple weeks ago, and he said put all your money on uh, having the Chicago Bears get more than nine wins. Yeah. Put all your money on Michigan State beating Penn State. Because <laughs> if that isn't the worst-case scenario for Penn State, I don't know what is. <laughs> this team that you just keep sleeping on and keeps beating you. Oh, man. They have a week before and after for you. Oh, man. All right, I guess moving on from that, the last Michigan team, let's uh let's round off here in the East pretty quick. Uh, and, yeah, it's not much to talk about. Uh, Indiana, I will say Indiana, they are bringing in a local product. I think I mentioned Ivory Winters at running back from Haiti, so shout out to him. I might actually watch Indiana football play, which that's not good news for me. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Big Ten football, and I'm going to be watching Indiana football. That tells you the state I'm at. Uh, Welcome to the perennial team that consistently is either four, five, or six wins. Actually, no, sorry, four, eight, four or five wins. Six makes a bull game for some reason. Well, Peter, I've dealt with a team that's around five or six games <laughs> and wins a year. So You know my favorite thing about this uh, magazine I got for college football? It shows uh, the team's past five bowl games. Uh, Indiana's fifth most recent bowl game was in 1991. Uh, oof. <laughs> That's that's bad. That's not good. No. You're a basketball school, Indiana. Thanks for coming. Well, well, they've taken a slight hit in basketball too, so maybe hold off on that. <laughs> uh, let's save Maryland for last because there's there's an interesting bit there. Uh, Rutgers. Uh, yeah, Rutgers. Uh, what's up, Greg Schiano? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, Big Ten football has not been kind to them. Oh no, no, it, no, it hasn't. But Chris Ash. God bless him, he's still there. <laughs> That's a team where uh, you have zero expectations. <laughs> and you're just like, you know what, man? We, we can't fire you. Who are we going to replace you with, to be honest? Oh, man. 4-28 with two wins over FBS teams and none over Big Ten opponents. <sighs> it's... That's rough. Oof. Yeah, and what was it? 2016 was just a nightmare for them. They... Gave up multiple points to Ohio State, uh, Michigan. Oh my, yeah, I forgot. 2016, they lost to Michigan 0 to 78. <laughs> That's an NCAA football score right there, if I ever saw one. <laughs> That's me playing uh, NCAA 6 on easy if all the cheats on. <laughs> yeah, just turn the, the game fir- sliders off. That's just the first half. <laughs> <laughs> or the first quarter, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, re- you return eight stars on an offense that. That's kind of put up points. That, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they suck. <laughs> They're going to get murdered. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Rucker. Not really. You deserve it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we had some fun. Let's go to Maryland, which could be interesting. Yeah, Maryland's an interesting story, of course. I mean, they had the whole situation last year with Jordan. Oh, boy, did they. Oh, no, no, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Jordan McNair. And the whole DJ Durkin and all that stuff. So they end up going out and hiring Alabama co-offensive coordinator Mike Loxley. They bring him back. Now, Peter, I will tell you this. He was a head coach before at New Mexico. He was 2-26. and 26. Yeah. <laughs> Is that bad? Uh, that's a little bad. I'd say so. Uh, maybe Rutgers might have something to talk about there. But I mean, I don't even really know what conference New Mexico State is in, so I can't really, you know, is it in the mountain, compare them. To, is it in the Mountain West? I think so. Mountain West, yeah, Mountain West is still a thing. That makes sense. Yeah, so you had that. You bring him in, and uh, hope for, for Maryland fans, what you hope for is he brings in, he, he learns from his mistakes. It seems like he's had, he has. He's put together very veteran staff uh, on offense and defense. And he's got some players. I mean, I'm looking at it. He's got five transfers coming in. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Jackson, who's the quarterback of Virginia Tech, in Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Clemson linebacker Shaq Smith, uh, Ohio State linebacker Keandre Jones, and a couple others from Buffalo and another from Virginia Tech. But you also add them. You got Kaysom Hill. You got uh, Anthony McFarland, another good running back. A bunch of good running backs. But, yeah, Maryland is a sleeper team, I think. Watch out for them. Yeah, they have a workable schedule. I think the Syracuse game come uh, week two on September 7th, that's going to be a, actually an interesting game to watch here because we know Syracuse has uh, the talent to be good. It's going to be a good test for Maryland here. And I think now, because they had good players last year. I mean, that Ohio State game, for God's sake, showed it. Yeah. They had the fight in them. It's just, you know, <laughs> they had a university. It's like, hey, let's bring back the coach that nobody wants to bring back. <laughs> yeah. So that's not there, which is good. And uh, I think the Penn State game is going to be really fun to watch. And that's September 27th. And they're – well, Penn State's come off a bye, so who knows. Upset alert. Yeah, I, I could honestly see it because, uh, yeah, when Penn State – when they started the uh, Maryland-Penn State rivalry again back in 2014 when Maryland came to the Big Ten, there was that whole famous uh, – it went to overtime, and the Penn State players went to shake the hands of Maryland. They were like, nope, not doing it, dog. <laughs> and then they beat Penn State, and ever since, uh, Penn State's beaten them either close or blown them out, last year being 338. Oh, man. But it's an improvement because the year before it was 3 to 66. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I would say there, so. There's, there's progress being made in Maryland. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's a good old word for Tennessee right now. Uh, yeah. yeah, you give up sixty six one year, but you make it thirty eight. It's like we're making progress here, everybody. About to say at worst, Maryland will be the uh, third worst team in the Big Ten East, or they can make that the uh, four spot. Yeah, they certainly can. They're an underrated team, and they're going to be a team to watch out for. All right, moving on to the Big Ten West. Let's start off with Wisconsin. Wisconsin, they don't, they're going to have to find a new quarterback. You have sophomore Jack Cohn coming back. He transferred to Florida State. or Actually, Hornerbrook transferred to Florida State after the season. Mm-hmm. So he's there at Florida State. But you also have a quarterback, a blue chipper, and Graham Hurts, one of the most highly anticipated freshmen that Wisconsin has ever had. He could be in play there. You got Jonathan Taylor 
man, so many good running backs. Another good <laughs> running back, ran for over 2,100 yards last year. He, he's going to be good in the NFL. I'll just say that right right now. But you have him. You bring back A.J. Taylor and Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. I think he should be good on offense. Now, the defense is a question mark. And also the offensive line. But the Wisconsin, they could just they build offensive line. They, they, they can build them pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, also, don't sleep on uh, Jake Ferguson, their tight end. I think he'll yeah. be a very big help in both the passing and that offensive line if need be. So there's a real good piece right there to work with. Yeah, Wisconsin was just uh, – last year was unexpected to say the least because they've usually been a consistently good team. Yeah. And then they had all the things – because, again, 2017, 13-1, and, and your only uh, – Loss was Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And even then, that was one of the closer games than we expected. Yeah, it was. So, Wisconsin, of course, I think people are going to be pretty much picking them to win the Big Ten West. So, Well, that's the thing. I don't think it's as guaranteed as it has been in past yeah, years for them. I don't think so, but I think a lot of people, majority, they're going to pick them to win. It feels like the safer one, but there's going to be some stuff that uh, Paul Christ has to uh, really prove. Yeah. So, I I guess if we're done with Wisconsin there, move on to Iowa. Yeah, they're about to say, especially if Kirk Friend's still there, they're always going to be in the hunt. Yeah, so they do bring back Nate Stanley at quarterback. They lose TJ Hogginson and Noah Fant to the NFL. That's going to be a they big lost, They lost a lot, to be honest. Offensively, all the playmakers – really went away. Nathan Stanley's still there, the senior quarterback, so they have that to rely on for veteran status. But that whole defense, only four starters are coming back, so that's going to be a interesting thing to look out for. Well, you, I will mention this. They do have a couple good edge rushers and AJ Epinesa. You have Chauncey Golston. So mm-hmm. it, you got some cornerstones there on defense that you can work with. But again, you're losing a lot of players that were on a defense that only allowed a, an average of almost 19 points a game, which is very good, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, very, very good. So, Iowa, I think they're a team, and their team, I think a lot, uh, I'll say this, I think majority of people will vote for Wisconsin. I think the next team coming after them is going to be Iowa. I think so. The big thing for Iowa is, especially going back to the uh, 2015 season where they were undefeated, going to the Big Ten Championship, is how screwed do you get for your non-Big Ten West games? They kind of, well, they kind of have a deck stacked against them. They're at Michigan and and at home against Penn State in the span of two weeks. Yeah. So that's going to be a tad uh, concerning to come through. But again, you have Rutgers toward the beginning of the season, so it's not like, you know, you got Ohio State to worry about in that mix. No. But again, uh, you know, they they certainly have the talent to potentially win out in the Big Ten West. So that could be good for them. And if they play Michigan and Penn State hard, which they, they usually do, yeah, don't be surprised if Iowa's in contention. We say that every year. They are they're kind of the Tampa Bay of the Big Ten, but unlike Tampa Bay, every now and then they get they prove it. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I have some good faith in Iowa. Yeah, I think so. Uh, moving on to Minnesota, I, I think let's just move on here you know, if you, with uh, with some of these things here quick. We'll touch on the more interesting ones a little bit here. Uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. 
P.J. Fleck, it seems like he's got that team up and coming. They got some uh, – I'm looking – I'm just reading here. I read th- this article this afternoon to prepare for this. They got a 6'9", 400-pound offensive lineman. Holy crap. <laughs> and then they got a guy that's 6'5", but it's 370. Man. I'll tell you what, the Vikings could sure use them. They need some offensive line help badly. So <laughs> Maybe they can borrow them for a weekend or two. But Minnesota, they're, they're an interesting team, and we know what Fleck can do as a coach. And he seems to have made strides there. He's got that cultural change uh, on the upward tick. And so, yeah, I think Minnesota could be a good team. They return star wide receiver Tyler Johnson. who had a chance mm-hmm. to go to the NFL. He's coming back. But the thing is, you do have to worry about your quarterback situation. They did alternate between two freshman quarterbacks last year. Yeah, none of them really were inspiring. Both of them were at nine touchdowns apiece. Uh, Morgan was only at six interceptions compared to uh, Zach's seven. So I think Morgan's going to get the start. It's just my gut feeling at this point. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Zatanks gets the... uh, I think it's going to be a two-quarterback system again, but I think they're going to try to stick with Tanner as much as they can. Maybe it'll be – I think it'll be a two-quarterback system where you maybe try to figure out, you know, which one has the hot hand. Yeah, again, he's – again, Johnson's going to be good to throw to. And don't forget Muhammad Iram back in the backfield. He's an an underrated uh, running back that I think they can bring out more and if they get the offensive line chugging. Yeah. Moving on to (laughs) – I'm looking at the team – that we're go- moving on to next. Oh, man, how much I was on this team last year, Peter. Oh, we're already there. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's got Frost. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that was a train wreck last year. I, I will say, last year that did not look good. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, kn- we knew there were going to be growing pains for Scott Frost at, at his alma mater, but... I don't think we knew it was going to be that bad. Oh, like we we were at the point late in the season where where we were legitimately going to have the uh, Nebraska Bethune Cookman game as a pick for the week because I we thought they were going to still be, uh, <laughs> you know, completely defeated, and then they came out against Minnesota for no good reason. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I I I drank the Kool Aid last year. You know what? This is a good year to start drinking some Kool-Aid because I think he has it figured out. I Yeah, I think so. See, they won four of their last six last year. Now, four and eight still not good. No. But they did have a five-point loss at Ohio State. I remember that game. Yeah, put up 31 against them it, and only had 36 against them, which is not bad. Iowa, they got 28-31 to 31 loss. Yeah. Michigan State, they beat them 9-6 to six in an ugly win, but a win's a win. Yeah. And, and you think about it. Their losses weren't awful. I mean, yeah, you can say they lost 10-56 to Michigan, but who wasn't losing like that to Michigan? Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, they played Wisconsin fairly tough, even though they lost by uh, 20. Northwestern went to overtime. That was a fun one. Colorado, when they were still kind of on their, you know, hey, maybe they're going to be good streak. You know, when, when you see their 0-6 start, you think, wow, that was awful. And yes, it was because it was 0-6. Yeah. But that was a team that wasn't, you know, like the Lions or the uh, Browns to, you know, compare no. to real football, as Matt would say. They they had some talent starting at quarterback. And Adrian yeah. Martinez in year two, I think, is going to get even better. 
I really do like uh, Marcy's Washington as their uh, running back. And, you know, Mike Williams, J.P. Spielman, Kate Warner, there's a lot of fun things for them to work with there. And Muhammad Barry as a linebacker is going to be an absolute beast this year. Yeah, and so I think Scott Frost has some things to work with where maybe they could potentially make a bowl and be uh, on the fi- upward trend. Phil still has them as the number one most improved team in the country, so that's something to really consider here because I, I, Phil still's a very trustable guy when it comes to college football. I think a lot of it hinges on Martinez and what you get out of in his second year. And let me tell you, his freshman year, even though they were 4-8 and eight and started off 0-6, he wasn't bad. He completed 65% no. of his passes. Mm-hmm. Although the completion, uh, the yards per cl- completion wasn't good, he didn't mm-hmm. take a crazy number of sacks, and he rushed for, and as far as non-sack yards, seven hundred eighty-nine yards. And you know what? Touchdown interception interception ratio was only seventeen to eight, which you know that's fair enough to start with. Yeah, especially as a freshman. So I mean, there's a lot of good that can come out of Nebraska, which is what they really need because. Their transition to the Big Ten has not been what they expected. Also, say, Peter, as we close out Nebraska, I wish you hadn't told me to start drinking some of the Kool-Aid because you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, you're going to pick him for the national championship. <laughs> no, 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 let's not go that far. I'm picking Herm Edwards to win the national championship. What are you talking about? <laughs> that, that, that's the best thing for – that would be the best thing to happen for views is if Herm wins the championship. I just want to see game day try to, like, react to the possibility of Herm Edwards – leading Arizona State to relevance. <laughs> oh, oh, man, it would be so much fun. Hey, Matt might actually – might, um, he might actually do college football. He'll be he'll actually be like, let's not talk about the NFL that much. Let's talk about college. Particularly, let's talk about Herm Edwards. He played to win the game, guys. For 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. So, moving on to a team we're not going to talk 30 minutes about, Northwestern. Yeah. Which is weird because they were the surprising team last year. Not in a good way because the West was kind of trash. Yeah, they were 9-5 last year. You, I'll tell you what, the quarterback situation is interesting because you bring in Clemson transfer Hunter Johnson, who's a blue-chip quarterback, and the reason he's there is you have Kelly Bryant who was there, and then you had Trevor Lawrence. And so that's it. It's an interesting situation. Uh, the security blankets are gone. Flynn, Flynn Nagel and uh, Superback Cameron Green, they're both gone. Mm-hmm. But you do have some interesting pieces there. Kyrick McGowan, sophomore J.J. Jefferson, and then you got John Moden as well. You got some pieces there on offense for the Wildcats to work with. Yeah, I definitely don't see this team making the Big Ten Championship again because I think Wisconsin, Iowa, and Nebraska will make some strides. But I think this will not be a last-place team, and – you know, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, he's gotten them on a very good track over the years. You know, from 2015 onward, their worst season was 7-6. It's not bad. Yeah, no, it, he's done a good job there. Especially for a team that we just always look over. Yeah, and the defense, they're looking pretty good as well. They, they Linebackers are stacked. Blake Gallagher, Patty Fisher, I don't know how to pronounce this dude's one name, but Miller, uh, Joe Gaziano, Ace pass rusher on the edge. So, Northwestern, I mean, don't overlook them. Again, the big thing is look at quarterback and how Hunter Johnson's going to do. That's the big thing. Uh, Moving on to Purdue. And Purdue is another team that's had an interesting last couple years, I would say. Yeah, Jeff Brom's really gotten this program on a better track compared to what they were for a good while. 
you know, not the sexiest first couple of years, seven, six, six, seven. But hey, I mean, you can work with that, especially when you came on with a uh, when you took over for a three and nine team that was, you know, two and ten, three and nine the years before. So yeah, there's a lot of good there. Uh, Eli Sinder, their quarterback, I kind of think. It. Let me look at his numbers here. Actually, yeah, it's kind of okay. Yeah, I forgot blow left because uh, he might be able to step up. Yeah. And he, Jeff Rom, he's bringing a, a top 25 recruiting class to Purdue. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Hey, but that's what happens when he run laps around Ohio State. <laughs> and, and they're bringing back stud sophomore wide receiver Rondell Moore. That dude's just dude's just lightning fast. So that gets Sinclair so, uh, a big-time weapon to work with. You got some interesting pieces on defense. Antonio Blackman, you bring in – Western Kentucky chance for Ben Holt. But, yeah, Purdue, Jeff Brom, he's done an excellent job there. I don't see any reason to distrust him doing a good job this year. Yeah, just hope to God you don't face Auburn in a uh, bowl game again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was whew, that was rough. Yeah, pretty much all I can say about them. Offense is a huge question mark. But defense, which kind of helped them last year in a lot of cases, nine starters. So, yeah, don't sleep on Purdue just yet. Yeah, and the last thing here to close out the Big Ten is Illinois. Somehow they were four and eight last year. I didn't realize that. That that's uh, that doesn't make they any beat, sense. They beat Minnesota for for God's sakes. That doesn't make any sense, Peter. I don't, are we going to spend much time on them? No. All I will say is, uh, at Big Ten Media Day, a uh, reporter asked Lovey Smith, "You know, your defense has got a lot of problems, yada yada, that type of question." What do you have, think to do to fix? He's like, oh, God, where do you want to start? <laughs> like, dead ass was just like, yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. I'm, I'm so screwed. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed he's still here. Oh, man. Well, he's going to be joining Herm next year. So, yeah. no need to worry about that. Illinois has become a team that I, or a, a program just given up. They're just like, you know what? We're not going to get anybody else. Let's just keep Lovey as long as he wants to stay. Yeah. I mean, they have, for, oh, God. Their quarterbacks last year were bad. Now they're starting a poor freshman named Isaiah Williams. God bless you, sir. You're going to have a nightmare on your hand. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So that that will conclude our Big Ten preview, everybody. We went a, we went a long time on them. But uh, it was well worth it. We got some good bits out of them. Next week, I mentioned this earlier, we got the Big 12. So we're going to be talking about Oklahoma, Texas, all those teams down there in the Big 12, so be sure to be on the lookout for that next week, and I believe uh, give you guys a run down the schedule. We got the Big 12 next week, then we got the SEC, everybody get ready for me to endure a nightmare of me talking about Tennessee. Uh, maybe we need to bring Matt in here to talk about Ed Ordron. About say, I only talked about Penn State for maybe 10 minutes, so let's kind of keep that as a uh, thing to work with. Uh, I Short summary for my SEC uh, teaser for Tennessee. You get you get eight minutes to rant about Tennessee and then two minutes to predict what they'll do. <laughs> I, oh, man. I, I think I have a well, – weirdly enough, I'll talk about it in a couple weeks, but there was a weird thing. I was like, really? ESPN thinks that about us? I thought they hated us. But hey. you, guys got, you guys got Marcus Callaway. You'll be fine. Uh, well, he's not the only guy we got. Uh, th- th- there's some guys I like coming back, but we have the SEC August, on August 7th. And on August 14th, we'll try to get Matt in here to talk about this guy, Herm Edwards, on uh, when we talk about the Pac-12. 
August 21st, we'll talk about the non-Power 5 schools and SEMO. I, you know, Peter, I, the more and more I'm thinking about it, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, why are we talking about them? <laughs> and then on August 28th, then we'll, we'll make our final predictions. So, Big 12 next week, everybody. All right. So, I think we said we were going to talk about the Open Championship here. Yeah. Uh, the last major of the year, I'm pretty sure. I don't know anymore because I decided to make the schedule different but <laughs> yeah uh yeah, we've had the masters we've had the us open we've had the p no the pga will be next okay or we have have we why they change everything <laughs> either way Sh- shane lowry won <laughs> barely that last day was awful oh man it that... was like tw- 25 mile hour wins most of the time going against them or just like shanking the ball left or right dramatically it was brutal him and uh poor tommy fleetwood like <laughs> they almost dropped it <laughs> oh man yeah uh, like lowry plus one in the final round and then fleetwood plus three. Oh man that's rough i think what what really helped lowry though was day three he was only 63 where everyone was averaging you know 66 71 all that so that really helped him in the long run there yeah so uh, Steve, uh, so Lowry gets the uh, gets the major there, his first career one. So there's yep, a little an Irish, yeah, uh, yeah. I think an Irish so. man won in uh, Ireland. So there we go. It's only fitting, Peter. Oh yeah, it, it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to some more football talk. We're talking about the AFC South in our NFL previews this week, and if. Oh, you know me. Titans fan. Love them. So, I, Peter, this is a week to try not to get me uh, to go on too long about them. I mean, I just don't know. This is going to be such a shootout division this year because I don't really think anyone has an advantage, to be honest. So, do you, do you just want to go ahead and talk about my Titans to get it over with? Well, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you t- 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to take that long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to take that long. Now, for the Vols, that might be a different story. Ten, uh, 15 minutes of me of it will be me ranting about Butch Jones when he's been gone for the last two years. Yeah. And no, Matt will be there to remind you because I'll just let you do it. Uh, and, and then yeah. and then me getting that angry bird Butch that Matt gave me and just tossing it around like, oh, man. Next week, if you hear a lot of thumps, it's going to be Ryan throwing a angry bird Tennessee uh, plush toy at a wall. <laughs> yeah. Was gonna like, Ryan's going to test to see if you can throw a plush toy hard enough to break a wall. Or break a window. I mean, I, yeah. I'm in a room with a window, so maybe it could happen. <laughs> That'd be good radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's get back on track. Let's talk about your Tennessee, New England, I mean, t- Titans. Titans. <laughs> Peter, you're not wrong there. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're not wrong there. The Titans, man, I'll tell you this. I, I like what they did in the offseason. Is it, is it biased of me to say I like more what we did than the other teams in the division? I mean, there's a lot to like. I mean, you have somebody to address when Mariota eventually will probably miss some time. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Which I've, I like him. I'm not saying he's a starter, but hey, I think you give him a situation to work with, he'll be respectable enough. Hey, shout out! Uh, uh, speaking of side uh, side note, shout out to uh, quarterbacks that aren't respectable. Mark Sanchez for retiring, by the way. The butt fumble has left us, folks. Uh, and he's joining ESPN apparently. <laughs> he is going to get roasted. 
<laughs> oh man, I can't wait to his first broadcast. That's gonna be great TV. <laughs> but yeah, the Titans bringing in Tannehill. I like the move. I really like the whole lot of what we did this offseason. So you're going to year two with Vrabel, but here and you got Simo Wonderboy, John Robinson. There's Simo's only shout out for the show and for the next few weeks. But the the big question here is Mariota. This is his fifth year. You don't know what's going to happen afterwards, and so this is a year where you're going to find out if he's the guy to be your quarterback for the next few years or not. And you're going to have a very tough decision to make next year if it's middling. If he's average, it's going to be very tough because I like him. Mariota's a good guy. I think he's better than Winston, and I don't think it's close. But that I mean that just may be being biased, but. Uh, but I I think this is the big year for Mariota to figure out whether he's going to be the guy or not. And they gave him some offensive weapons to work with. You bring him Adam Humphreys. Who, we know the Patriots won it. You get A.J. Brown from Ole Miss in the draft like him. You get Roger Saffold, take him from the Rams, and you add him to Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis. You get Delaney Walker back. And on defense, I like what they did on defense too. You bring in Cameron Wake, who even though he's 36 – that dude can still get after the pass, uh, get after the quarterback. But, ah, man, it's going to be a tough year for Mariota to figure out whether he's the one or not. Well, I really want to say, does Derrick Henry do what he did last year again? Well, if it's against the Jags, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, the, they play the Jags, I think, week three, so you'll get a good outing. Speaking of, <laughs> here's, a, here's, a neat, here's a neat stat. So that game against the Jags, I think it's at Jacksonville. That'll be day 999 since the Jags have last been beaten the Titans. <laughs> if the Titans win that game, then it, next day it's going to be 1,000 days. You know why that is, Ryan? Because you got three Penn State players on your defense. Oh, man. Austin Johnson, Daquan Jones. And Cameron Wake. Oh, Cameron Wake went to Penn State. I didn't know that. It's been forever. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, like I said, dude's 36, so he's been around some places. <laughs> but... And by places, I mean Miami, where he's had to endure, oh, man, that organization for the longest time. But I like what we did here. We start off the season at Cleveland. That's going to be a fun game to start the season with the Browns and all their hype surrounding them. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm excited about this our offseason. I'll say it again. I like what we did more than any other team in, the, uh, in our division did. I really do. More than the Colts, even though the Colts maybe got slightly better than the Jags for bringing in Nick Foles or the Texans. I do. I may be biased here, but I feel like I'm making some bit of sense at looking at what we did compared to the other three teams. I'll say, if anything, you didn't do anything stupid, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, at least our, our guy at SEMO knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, and we're continuing that trend toward the towards the New England Patriots. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, the best thing you did was get Saffold and Davis. I mean, there's still questions about the offensive line, but that certainly helps. You hope Mariota can stay healthy. Probably not, but you have Tannehill coming in. Yeah. Receiving core, that's the thing about your team, Ryan. I've never looked at your receiving core and been like, huh, that's good. But they always seem to just do enough. Well, I'll tell you what. The thing that helps them is pushing Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp back to where they belong is like, the third, fourth, fifth guys on the depth chart. 
bringing in Humphreys and A.J. Brown is major. But, Peter, the also big thing, it, now, Jonu Smith, I know Matt said he liked what Jonu was doing last season before he got hurt. You're bringing Delaney Walker back. Mm-hmm. Now, give it, Delaney Walker, he's getting up there in age two. But that dude is a consistent tight end, as there is in the NFL. And it's going to be very key because it's going to get Mariota one of his key weapons back in the safety valve. So, there's my little thing on the Titans. Hopefully, we do good. I'm excited for that week one game. I think week two, we play the Colts, too. So, that'll be a, that'll be a big game as well since we can't seem to beat the freaking Colts, whether they have Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. But, who, uh, who knows? So, I guess moving on to... Speaking, uh, speaking of Andrew Luck, let's talk about the Colts here. Yeah, they seem to be the favorite. Yeah. And I just kind of look at it like, I get it, but... I don't get it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, they nobody really knew what to expect last year with Andrew Luck coming back. You, you did draft pretty well. They got Quentin Nelson, dudes a, a hoss on the offensive line. And, yeah, they did really well. And I, I don't mind people saying that they're the favorite. They should be. I mean, Andrew Luck played at an elite level last year. The thing you hope for is he can stay healthy again for an, another year, and you can do more of the same last year, maybe even produce a little bit more. I think that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, they had a very slow start and then got really hot after the bye week. Their only loss was at Jacksonville, but even then... That, oh, yeah, I forgot. That was the stupid 0-6 game. <laughs> but, yeah, the Colts, they bring in Devin Funches at wide receiver. Yeah. Justin Houston, who you bring him over from Kansas City Chiefs, how much has he got left in the tank? And you bring in Spencer Ware at running back, which Marlon Mack, dude's a good running back. Mm-hmm. And especially behind that offensive line, the Colts, and of course on defense, you got to start with the guy that stood out last year, Darius Leonard. Dude was just amazing. But yeah, the Colts are an interesting team to watch. They definitely should be the favorite. I'm just saying, I don't know if they did enough in the offseason to maybe improve them. I definitely think they did add Paris Campbell in the draft out of Ohio State, who I really like. Adds another speedster to the wide rece- to that group of wide receivers with T.Y. Hilton. You had Funches in there. I don't know. And also, what's Eric Ebron going to do? I know he had a send-out year last year. Big thing is, Andrew Luck, get another consistent year out of him. The, the weapons he has, I mean, even if Ebron doesn't do it again, he still has Jack Doyle, which is one of the more better uh, tight ends to work with in the NFL. Oh, man. And Marlon Mack, as good as he is, he also has uh, Neam Hines back there, who I don't think we've seen the full potential of just yet. And T.Y. Hilton, he'll still do good for him. So Andrew Luck has all the weapons in the world to work with. It's just, for me, the concern is, can the defense be good enough to go far? Well, I'll tell you what, Peter. They drafted a corner with a very good name, Rocky Asin. That... Oh, that, that that's uh, that's a great name from this past draft. Oh man, but uh, yeah, I, I, maybe he can help out. They drafted him to help out at corner. Maybe he can. You have Quincy Wilson back there. He's inconsistent. He, he, they made Kenny Moore one of the highest paid slot corners in the league. You got Malik Hooker back there. You're just hoping for consistency with that defense, and hopefully going to year two with Darius Leonard kind of leading the way. You're, hopefully you'll get something good out of that defense for another year and make some improvements. All right, I guess moving on to the team I joked about 
earlier, the Jaguars. Oh boy. <laughs> so Peter, their their quarterback is Nick Foles now. Big expletive, Nick. <laughs> you know. We're about to see, does the Nick Foles postseason magic go into the regular season? And I'm not going to lie, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of doubting it. Me too. I... He's he's a guy who I think with the right coach can do a little better. But I just don't know if this situation in Jacksonville, especially of how they just were like, yeah, we'll accept Blake Bortles for a while. Yeah. And also, we don't we don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to do. We don't know if he'll how much he'll play, so that's not a good start. No, it's not. There was who is I mean who's their best receiver at this point? Because they traded Metcalf. Uh, I, I I don't know to be honest. Uh, I'm looking at Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, <laughs> DD Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's probably it. It's uh, that, probably Westbrook. Uh, that doesn't inspire a lot of hope. No, and I think they're tight end. Is it still uh, Jenkins? I think so. Yeah, so offensively, I'm not going to be too high on. The wild card is the defense looks to have been rebuilt again. Yeah, they drafted Josh Allen. He took a drop in the draft, and they somehow got him. Man. (laughs) And uh, we really liked him during the draft, previewing that. And he, he ends up in a good place. Thanks a lot, New York. Ah, man. Uh, which New York? The Giants or the Jets? I mean, they've been, Giants. Okay. Well, they both. Let's draft a guy number six who we can get at number eighteen or potentially the third round because <laughs> no one's that stupid. Uh, apparently they are. Are we sure Gettleman doesn't own the Giants secretly? <laughs> no. You know what, Peter? To close out the Jags here, rest in peace to the Blake Bortles era. <laughs> Uh, that church was a disaster. I, I love that church because it was a disaster. <laughs> it's still on Craigslist, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's continue moving on to... Somewhere Matt's going to be like, you guys talked about Rutgers for like a minute and a half and you gave Jacksonville like 10 seconds. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Unless, uh, oh, what, what was his name? Uh, the cornerback that tra- trash talked a lot. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> he was so big that he just disappeared. We're like, oh, yeah, wasn't he there? Unless he starts talking trash about quarterbacks again, then we'll be interested. And in... Yeah, that's true. Uh, please do that, Jalen Ramsey. Give us some content next week. <laughs> so, I guess moving on to the last team in the AFC South, the Houston Texans. And big thing for the Texans is building that offensive line. Yeah, I I was frustrated with them last year because I was convinced they were going to do better with a healthy Deshaun and that defense, and just nothing went their way. Yeah, no. It, like, it was a respectable enough season, but is that the best they could do? So I don't know what to expect from them, to be honest, this year. I don't either, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> we don't know what to expect out of the GM position because they have no GM. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big thing, but uh, that'll be something interesting to watch to see is how things operate. But yeah, building the offensive line is going to be tough. They did draft Titus Howard last in the past draft to kind of help out on the offensive line, and it's 
keeping trying to keep Deshaun Watson healthy and give him enough time back there because he's got some weapons. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. You got Will Fuller, who if he can stay healthy, dude, it, it is a good second option behind Hopkins. I mean, he's their answer to Tyreek Hill because he just goes all out and Deshaun can throw there, so that's good. Uh, keep an eye on Kiki. I really like what they could do with him there, especially with uh, that running back situation. Is it still uh, – oh, he's probably like 37 at this point. <laughs> just not Frank Gore. Oh, uh, no. No, uh-uh. Literally about to Google Houston Texans running back, and it's going to – I'm probably going to laugh when I see it. It, oh, Lamar Miller, that's right. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, man. How old is, how old is he? I don't, he's, he can't. Oh, only 28. I was about to say, he couldn't be, he can't be that old. When did you get out of college? <laughs> hey, who knows, maybe he was one of the younger ones who gets out, gets in the league at 20. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Okay, if that's your running back, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, and another thing to keep an eye on is the Javon Clowney situation. So they couldn't work their way on a long-term deal. He's going. How's it? How's that situation going to repair itself during the season, or is it going to repair itself? We don't know. And that's going to be the thing to watch. Of course, you got your mainstays there. You got Bernard McKinney. You got JJ Watt, Merciless. You got some guys there. The Clowney stuff is something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I still think their defense has the potential to be a top 10 defense in the NFL. I think Clowney will be a wild card, though. Even though he hasn't been, you know, what he was hyped up to be, he's certainly still been a very integral part of that defense. So it would definitely be noticeable. Yeah. So with the Texans, I think the big thing is to sum them up here. Offense line, if they can get that thing working, and uh, Jadavion Clowney, see if they can get something working with him. And, and you're going to ride your hopes on Deshaun Watson – and hope that the offensive line that you built this offseason can keep them upright and uh, can keep the Texans in – can put the Texans in a position, rather, where they can maybe win the division again to the playoffs. That's that's your hope. I mean, realistically, any team in this division has a chance to make the playoffs, winning the division. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Like, a lot of people are really high on the Colts, like an 11-win team. I don't see that, to be honest. I think 10 is the upside. I, we, we discussed that with the FC North. Yeah. Very tough divisions. So, so, that, so that's the AFC South, everybody. Next week, we'll talk about the NFC South. Everybody get your crab legs ready. Go out and get some crab legs. We're going to be talking about Jameis Winston. <laughs> so be getting ready for that. And our final topic to close out the show. We didn't mention this last week. I honestly kind of forgot it was happening. Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. Thurman is undefeated. 30 years old. Pacquiao, he's coming back. He's 40 years old. Pacquiao in the first round. Knocks him down. Apparently really bad. And like, oh man, Pacquiao, what's gotten into him? And in the end, a lot of people are questioning why was it a split decision? That There's no split decision that need to be made. Pacquiao ended up winning the fight. 40 years old. We didn't got 10 years younger than him who... Hasn't, I think it hasn't had a fight in a couple years, but it's still been on top of game more than Pacquiao. And now the big question here is, Peter, what's next with Pacquiao? Is it, uh, Mayweather 2. 
I know a lot of people are tossing that out. I don't know if it's going to happen. No, nah, Mayweather, he's a perfect 50 and 0. He's about to say he's he's got money unless he like, well, he spends a lot, so who knows? Maybe he'll need a paycheck again. And listen, he hasn't fought in a couple in a few years. And that's a big thing, but I'm sure yeah, he's the, stayed in shape. About to say the McGregor quote unquote fight was the last thing, so <laughs> Oh, man, put that in air bubbles, quote. A lot of quotes. Oh, man. <laughs> but I think, I, I doubt it, but anything anything can happen, especially when you got big money involved, <laughs> especially with Floyd Mayweather. But who knows? Maybe we'll see. Pacquiao, four years old, gets a win here. Very remarkable. I Again, I doubt if it's going to happen, but if it happens, I don't... I don't know who if if, if a Mayweather Pacquiao part two happens. Who do you think would win? You, you still gotta imagine it be Mayweather because he's so. just so fast. And I know Pacquiao had that whole thing with like what was it his hand or his wrist or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't and see I don't know if that I don't know if that was an excuse or if that was something other, but I I. Kind of with you, I think Mayweather would win this fight regardless if Pacquiao is healthy or not. Mayweather's just a better fighter overall. He's quicker, and even though he's been out of the ring, the dude still got it without question. And let's be honest, he's going to do whatever it takes to win that one, the one hundred million one hundred million dollars that's going to come out of that fight. Yeah, because <laughs> we know Floyd ain't isn't going to go for cheap. <laughs> All right, I guess it's going to do it for this week. A uh, very weird thing to do with a night show, but hey, we managed to get through it. This episode will be hopefully posted on uh, on Wednesday tomorrow. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, so this is very weird again. Maybe we'll, probably we'll do, end up doing more of these, so be ready for that. It does it does kind of help us out in a ways to kind of schedule these in advance and be able to post them automatically. I think it would help, but, you know, who knows? Our schedules are going to be fluctuating for a while now. we got a bunch of stuff going on in our lives. So, who knows? But, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, you guys can find me at RyanViews from the 573. You can find our Twitter account, Views from the 573 Podcast. Peter, where can people find you at? The actual Peter. You know what? It's dawn on me. Matt has at real Matt Warman. You have the actual <laughs> Peter. Do I need to get something there that proves I exist? Yeah, open up a thesaurus and let's uh, see what words are left on the uh, Twitter. <laughs> I was surprised the actual Peter was open, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed at that as well. For as late as I got back on Twitter, I was like, wow. Yeah, there, and there's no shortages of Peters in the world. No. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. So be sure to go check those accounts out. We'll try to get an entertainment episode up sometime in the near future we're going to be doing the dceu part one i know you've been hard at work on it peter to kind of revise that get the thing set up i'm looking forward to it even though it's been a couple weeks since we were gonna do it but yeah believe us we're trying to get to it it's just as we kind of hinted schedules are changing dramatically and entertainment is you know it's not a weekly thing yeah so it's not always been you know priority number one per se but it will happen. It unlike uh, New Mutants, it will be out. <laughs> oh bless! I, I I don't I don't think New Mutants has been officially canceled, but I just imagine it has. Disney, what are you doing? You're dropping the ball here. 
put on Netflix. No, put on that. Yeah, just do. Just say here, Netflix. You want something of ours? <laughs> Take it. I just remember they have their own streaming service, but they'll still be like, we don't even, we don't want to put that trash here. <laughs> hey. Put on Netflix. <laughs> hey, Netflix, buy it for seventy million. Sold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully that'll come in the near future. We'll also be doing a Comic Con recap when we have the chance, talking about the crazy. Marvel panel that happened. Oh, man. A whole bunch of stuff. We've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood opening up this week. I know you and me are both excited for that. My uh, religious experience, pretty much, at this point, it's a Tarantino movie. Uh, I, be honest, I think this might be my first Tarantino movie I've seen in theaters. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'm in for a treat. So, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Everybody, again, you can check us out. Whichever your preference of podcast platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your preference. Again, follow us on all our Twitters. Check out the main views, Twitter account, views at views573podcast, so you can keep up with all the latest action coming from us. Thank you guys again for tuning in to this week's views. With all that said, we'll talk to you guys next week.